Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday we started looking at this passage. And we ask ourselves a question. Many of us that call ourselves Christians today, Christians by name, we are Christians in mouth, but the Christianity does not reflect anywhere in us. I believe that is what is about this question. How did you receive Jesus? How did you receive Jesus? Is it with a repentant heart and a commitment to leave the world behind and move ahead? Or is this a heart that says, well, after all, the Bible says we are in the world, we are not of the world, so you can do whatever you want. You know, we, we, we have a way of interpreting the scriptures the upside down to sit ourselves. How did you receive Jesus? And last week we said, when the Bible says, how did you, I mean, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. Christ Jesus, the Lord, means the anointed Savior, the Lord. The anointed Savior, the Lord. The way you have received him to fulfill the purpose of which he came to the earth. So that is the way we, should, we ought to continue. The Bible says, godly sorrow worketh repentance. But for many of us, the term godly sorrow is alien. It doesn't mean anything. We need to examine ourselves as we continue studying this scripture and ask, how, have I received Jesus the right way? Have I received Jesus as I ought to? Am I sure I'm running a, a race to eternity? A race to my heavenly home. And we said the first thing that the scripture highlights in that passage is that we need to be rooted in Jesus. In examining how we receive Jesus, the first requirement is that we must be rooted in him. And we said because the substance, the sustenance for any tree, the pencil tree derives from the soil through the roots. And that is why in John chapter 15, Jesus Christ said, uh, uh, I believe it's in verse 5, he said, without me you can do nothing. If we are not rooted in him, we cannot be productive, we cannot be fruitful. So the first requirement is that we must be rooted in Jesus. Rooted in Jesus. That's very important. Rooted and fruitful. Now we began to ask ourselves a question. What is it that can make an individual not to be rooted? And then we went and we started looking at uh, the, the parable of the sower. In Matthew chapter 13. As well as the explanations that Christ gave. As to some things that can make us not to be rooted in Jesus. Even though we claim we have given our lives to, to, to Christ. And the first thing we said is a lack of understanding. 
Because understanding will make you to know the world, and the world will make you to have understanding. Understanding will bring you closer to Jesus. And Jesus will give you deeper understanding. A lack of understanding, taking the things of God on a peripheral level, not going deeper into the word of God. You know, the Bible says, deep collect unto the deep. That is very instructive for us as children of God. The knowledge of God in you must call out the revelation of the world. Deep collect unto the deep. So the first point that makes many of us to be devoid of this rootedness, if I may use that word, in Christ, is a lack of understanding. And we cannot have this understanding outside of Christ, outside of the word of God. The book of Proverbs makes us to understand that understanding gives life. Understanding sustains life. Understanding will ensure that you grow. Understanding will make you rooted in him. And then the second thing we talked about was persecution. When persec- I mean, persecution comes because of the word that you have received. Because you have accepted Christ into your life. Persecution arises and what happens? You wilt, you wilt away. You declare like uh, 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 Isaiah, I mean, Elijah said. He said, I am no better than my masters, I mean, than my fathers. You get to a point where you say, well, I think I've done enough. But who determines if what you are doing is enough? It's not you. It's God. And that's why we say it's not over until it is over. Persecution. Tribulation. Hardships. And brethren, these things will come. When they come, know that you are not alone. In fact, that is the time that you should rejoice. Because it's a testament to the fact that you are running a race. Attested unto by God. And knowing fully well that Jesus was tempted, Jesus was persecuted, Jesus went through tribulation, but he came out victorious. He gave us an example to know that we will also be victorious. And I speak to somebody's life here today, you'll be victorious in Jesus' name. How did you receive Jesus? How come you are not rooted in him? The third point we want to look at from that Matthew chapter 13 is offenses. Offenses. In Matthew 13, 21, Matthew 13, 21, the Bible says, yet hath he not root in himself. Remember, we are talking about the first point we are looking at is being rooted in Christ. And we say, what makes us not to be rooted in him? And we say, number one is lack of understanding. Number two, tribulation or persecution. Number three is offenses. Matthew 13, 21 says, Yet hath he not rooted himself, but endures for a while. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is what? Offended. By and by he is offended. Brethren, many of us as children of God are too easily offended. Too easily offended. The Bible says, love beareth all things. The question I want to ask you as a child of God is, where is the love in you that bears all things? Before somebody says one or two things to you, you are offended. In fact, you may choose to leave the church. Oh, I will leave their church for them. It's nobody's church. It's definitely not my church. It's not my wife's church. 
by God's special grace, if Christ tarries, if we leave this ministry, nothing happens to Christ Chapel in Bari. It will flourish. It will grow. So when you are offended and you say, oh, did he, did he, I will leave their church for them, you are punishing yourself. You leave the place of your blessing and go and continue wandering in the wilderness because of offenses. Because of offenses. Easily offended. Easily offended. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In the book of uh, Acts chapter 24, verse 16. Acts 24, verse 16. It says, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. Where is that love in you that says, when your brother has offended you, and you're about to give your offering. Do what? Leave your offering. Go and reconcile to him. That's what the scripture says. Where is that love in you that says, when somebody slaps you on one cheek, you should, you should do what? Turn the other cheek. Where is that love in you that says, your conscience must be void of offense towards God and towards men? When you don't ask, I mean, handle the issue of offenses properly, you abandon the place of your calling. And this affects your rootedness in Christ. It affects your rootedness in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 32. 1 Corinthians 10, 32. Let's give no offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, not to the church of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. 2 Corinthians 6, 3. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. So we are called not to give offense, not to be offenders, as well as not to do what? Not to take offense. And that's where communication comes in. There are issues that need to be discussed. Let them be discussed. Remember when we were discussing last week where the scripture says that every sin a man commits a sin against others except the sin of fornication. That the sin of fornication is a sin against your body. I would say this is true physically and what? And spiritually. Because the church is the body of Christ. So it's a sin that you have committed against your own body physically, but equally against the body of Christ spiritually. In like manner, we are talking about offense. You must ensure that neither do you give offense, nor be the one that is easily offended. That you be not removed from the place where you are supposed to take root, and then you become a vagabond Christian. A Christian that has that is that that is like the devil always moving from one place to the other. One always seeking. And that's what some Christians do these days. They come to church. Oh, we are seeking. We are still looking for a place of worship. What, are, what is it you are looking for? Is it the word of God? No, they are not looking for the word of God. We are still searching. And for three good years, you are in a new location, you are still searching. Don't open the door to the devil. 
Don't open the door to the enemy. Don't be a brother or a sister to the devil who the Bible says, and when in the book of Job, say, where are you? Where did you come from? He said, I came from doing what? Walking to and fro. That's what many of us are doing. Walking to and fro. Not rooted in any one place. Because of offenses. And some have even gone up as, I mean, I had to even stop going to church at all. Somebody might have truly offended you. But this passage is telling us that because of when they are offended, they are not rooted. It's no excuse before God. Because when you are not rooted, you can easily be blown away. The worst that can happen is that you go to hell and that person will follow you to hell. That's the worst that can happen. Maybe that's not the worst. I think the worst is that you go to hell and the person you said offended you goes to heaven. As you get to hell, you are looking for that individual. He's not there. Because you took offense. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Offenses. Offenses. Prevents us from being rooted in Jesus. The next thing from that uh, Matthew chapter uh, 13 is the care of this world. The care of this world. In Matthew chapter 13 verse 22. Matthew 13, 22. Say, he also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the world and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches took the world and it became unfruitful. The care of this world. The care of this world. We know that passage very well. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, we recite it on a regular basis in this church. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I believe that is very simple enough. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Put it another way. If you love the world, you are not going to heaven. Put it another way. If you love the world, you are going to where? You are going to hell. That's what the Bible is saying. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. No one other songwriter wrote that song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Many of us don't realize that this world is not our home. Many of us don't realize that no matter how long your stay on earth is, it's short compared to eternity. Love not the world. Let's go to verse 16. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Everything you want to become on earth, you know, when Christ was choosing his disciples, he would come across and say, follow me, and I will do what? I will make you. How wonderful it is if you let God make you, rather than make yourself. And what many of us are doing is we are trying to make ourselves. And it does not matter what God wants to make of us. He said, I will make you. All that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17. 
and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that dwells the will of God abideth forever. If you let God make you, you can never regret it. Because he will establish you in a height that you cannot even contemplate by yourself. That's why when the Bible says men are talking of a casting down, you are talking of what? A lifting up. God will lift you up in Jesus' name. Another thing that that passage mentioned is in that same Matthew 13, 22, it talks about the care of the world and what? The deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches prevents you from being rooted in Jesus. And brethren, the key word there is what? Deceitfulness. Money has wings. And there's a lot of deceit in riches. You have $5,000 and you're on top of the world. $5,000 can vanish overnight. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. And this is very important. I was talking with one of our pastors this morning. And I was talking about the state of the, of, of the parish. A situation where we have people who, are, I mean, who have good jobs, well-established, but they have just made up their mind that if they come to church, they will not give more than $20. And he was telling me about, that we have told them, we have said, well, it's a matter of personal choice. But what many don't realize is that there is what the Bible calls the word, the deceitfulness of riches. There is what the Bible calls a devourer. The devourer will not devour you in Jesus' name. As money can fly away, it can also do what? It can fly in. That's why the Bible talks about stewardship. Stewardship. What you do with the little that you have determines how much more you get. And many of us have put a lid and a ceiling on what we have because of our stinginess. The deceitfulness of riches. If God can give you a thousand dollars, he can give you a million dollars. But how faithful are you with the thousand dollars will determine if he gives you the million dollars. Remember the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go what? To and fro. His eyes are still going to and fro. He's looking for men and women that he, he will enrich. Men and women who will not be deceived by riches. Men and women who will understand that the money they have is to advance the cause of the kingdom. And that's very important. In Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 23 to 24. Mark 10, 23 to 24. Jesus looked around about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? They're not seen in being rich. In fact, I'm going to be very rich. So there's nothing wrong in being rich. But the Bible says, what do, whom do you trust in? How hard is it for them that trust in riches? To enter into the kingdom of God. When your riches come before the work of God, you trust in riches. No wonder the scripture says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But we will do what? 
We will remember the name of the Lord our God. Do you trust in your riches or do you trust in the living God? There is a God that gives the power to make wealth. There is a God that gives the power that enriches. Do you want him to enrich you? Then you've got to trust him. You have to let go of that which is in your hand that he may give unto you that which you cannot attain by yourself. The deceitfulness of riches makes many to go astray. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 4, Proverbs 22 verse 4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Humility and what? The fear of the Lord. If you fear the Lord, you will obey his words. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. If you fear the Lord, you will obey his word. And the Bible is giving you an assurance here that by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches. Don't be deceived by riches. Don't look at God through your riches. Look at your riches through who? Through God. Through God. Through God. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18. Proverbs 8, verse 18. Proverbs 8, 18. He said, riches and honor are with me. Yeah, durable riches and what? Righteousness. Durable riches. Not riches of touch and go. Not the riches of, I have 10,000 today and tomorrow it's gone. Durable riches. Riches that endure. Riches that cannot be shaken. That's the word of the Lord. Riches and honor are with him. In Proverbs chapter 11 verse 4. Proverbs 11 verse 4. The Bible says, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Righteousness delivered from death. So the next, the other thing we want to talk about here, still looking at the things that prevent us from being rooted in Christ, is unfruitfulness. Unfruitfulness. In that same Matthew 13 verse 22, the last part of it, where it talks about the deceitfulness of riches, they took the word and it became a word unfruitful. And it became unfruitful. The care of this world, the sentiment of riches, choke the world. Very soon you forget that any word, you even had any word. And the person becomes unfruitful. In Luke chapter 16, I mean chapter 13, Luke 13, verse 6 to 9. Luke 13, 6 to 9. Luke 13, 6 to 9. He spoke also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came and sought fruit thereon, and he found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, while cumbreth it the ground. But he answered said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also. Till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. If it bear fruit, well. If it does not bear fruit, after that do what? 
cut it down. There are two verdicts for every one of us, brethren. It's either you are fruitful and the Lord will fertilize you to be more fruitful or you are unfruitful and eventually you say what? Cut it down. Unfruitfulness will make you not to be rooted in Jesus. We must be a fruit, brethren. We need to, I mean, to be fruitful. We need to be a fruit. There's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit. There is a fruit of evangelism. The fruit of your work, telling someone about the love of Jesus. And brethren, that is the reason you are here. You are here because of that neighbor of yours that needs to hear about Jesus. You are here because of that your co-worker that needs to hear about Jesus. You are here because of that person you are going to meet in the bus tomorrow that needs to hear about Jesus. Don't be unfruitful. Don't be unfruitful. So, we've been talking about the things that can prevent us from being rooted in Jesus. How did you receive Christ Jesus? So the first thing is you must be rooted in him. And that's what we'll be discussing all this while. The second point is you must be built up in him. So number one, rooted in Christ. Number two, built up in Jesus Christ. Built up in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 says, We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. We must be built up together with him. And it's very important. You are rooted in him. You are built up in him. When we were looking at uh, being rooted in him last week, we talked about the foundation. We said, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. And that foundation is Christ Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. The apostles are the other foundation stones. You and I are being built upon this foundation. So we must be built up in him. We must be built up in him. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he built it thereupon. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Verse 12. Now, this is very important for every one of us. If anyone built upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. How have you received Jesus? You must be built up in Christ Jesus. And being built up in it means that you are building. 
You are building with precious metals. You are building with gold. You are building with silver. You are building with precious stones. Materials that will endure the fire. Because otherwise, whatever you build will be consumed by the fire. How are you building? Are you being rightly built up upon that foundation? How is your work? Why are you doing what you are doing? Are you doing anything to honor the Lord? Is it really the Lord and master of your life? Or are you doing it just so that they will not say, I'm doing nothing? Are you doing it just for pastor to see? Pastor may see or he may not see. But the Bible says there is a God that sees what is done in secret and rewards openly. And brethren, we are at that point in this ministry where God is about to begin to reward some people openly. And I pray that you will not miss your reward in Jesus' name. We are at that point where God is determining those whom, who have been working with him in secret that he wants to project forward. We are at that point where God is saying, you have sown silver, you have sown gold. You have sown items that would pass through the test of fire. And now I want to lift you up. We are at that point that God is saying, when I lift you up, don't look back. Continue in the good works. You must be built up in Christ Jesus. Building with precious stones, with gold, silver, is rooted in the word of God. So number one, rooted in Jesus. Number two, built up in Jesus Christ. Number three, established in the faith. That's what we're going to discuss and then we'll round up. Established in the faith. How? Did you receive Jesus Christ? Established in the faith. From the rudiments of salvation, we must grow and move to depth of the scriptures. Many of us one day stood up and said, today I give my life to Jesus. And from that day, five years ago, two months ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, that you gave your life to Christ, there is no difference in you spiritually. Are you established in the faith? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Without the milk of the world, you cannot grow. If you have no time to study the Bible, you cannot grow. If you have no time to pray, you cannot grow. Remember the book of Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah 43 that says, when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the fire, it is when you will pass through it. If you have been, been so long in Christianity and there's no foundation in you, when that uh, situation arises, what will you do? You give up. As newborn babes, Desire the sincere make of the world that you may grow thereby. Don't be like the brother when you hear Nicodemus, you start looking for him in the book of Exodus. When you hear Obadiah, you say, Is it in the Bible? 
You must grow in the word. In the book of Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong milk. In other words, when you are supposed to grow, you have refused to grow. It's a choice. Look at verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Are you still a baby in Christ after five years? Are you still a baby in Christ after one year? The opportunities for growth are there. That's why the topic we are discussing is how have you received Christ? Have you said you are born again and you have refused to grow? You need to be rooted in the world. Look at verse 14. It says, But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. By reason of use. By reason of use. When we're looking at our, 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 in our Bible study series of Take Heed, we talked about the talents. The talent you don't use, you will do what? You will lose. You need to grow. You need to move from taking milk to taking strong meat to crushing bones in the word of God. Exercise that you may be able to discern. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. This is what the Bible is saying. When the Bible says in Matthew 5, 14, be ye therefore what? Perfect. Even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, that Hebrews chapter 6, when you go to verse 2, it is of the doctrine of baptisms, of the of hands, of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. These are foundational, foundational doctrines, principles. But we must grow at your level as a child of God. You must grow. You must get to the point that you can relate with God as a father. You can get to the point that you can have a communion with Jesus. Where the Holy Spirit can come and have a discussion with you. You must grow in grace by studying to know him more. That's what 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 tells us. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. You cannot grow in grace if you don't grow in the knowledge. Your Bible must be your companion, brethren. 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. 2 Peter 2, 15 to 16. It says, study to show yourself. Approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. 
but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. If during this time that of lockdown, for some of us, I know many of us in the health industry, we are going to work. In fact, at this moment, we are even doing more than we were doing before these incidents happened. But some of us, the lockdown is truly locked down. You to spend two hours on the road going to work. Now you just wake up, go beside your computer and you start working. The extra time you have, if this time that we have, you cannot know about the word of God. I'm not sure there's any other time that you, you are going to do it. If when you have all the time in the world, you cannot make some time to grow in the things of God. Grow in the things of God. It's very important. Paul in Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 10. He said that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable. Unto his day. That I may know him. Then he went on. From verse 12. To emphasize one thing that we must that's only a cardinal thing with us. Say, not as though I had already attained, either we are already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You must press on. You must not rest on your oars. You must not rest on your achievement. You cannot afford to sit down and say, well, I have tried. If Christ had gotten to a point where he said, well, I have tried. Brethren, you and I will not be here today. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass over me. But he said, if it be your will, he had done enough. But he realized that it's not over until it is over. You must press on. You must press on. The price is glorious. The, pri the price is not comparable. There is a price for you and I. And we must attain it. We've been saying it and we keep on saying it. The second coming of Christ is around the corner. If he comes today, the question he will ask everybody is, how did you receive me? How did you receive Jesus? 